0: Welcome to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio, a stimulating look at culture, current events, faith, and politics from a Christian and conservative point of view. We don't just talk on the radio, we blog, too. Check us out at caffeinatedthoughts.com. Now grab a cup of coffee and join us. This is Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. And welcome to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. Caffeinated Thoughts Radio is brought to you by Myers & Associates, serving the Midwest with industrial maintenance products and services. Call them at 515-795-3676. Myers and Associates. Keeping your operations running. Hey, welcome back to another week of Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. This is Shane Vanderhart. Got Brian Myers in studio with me. Of course, we got Ron at the boards who makes the magic happen. Howdy. We just we could just call you Magic Ron.
1: <laughs> yeah, we could, couldn't we? We could. Mm. I think we let's might. not. Let's not. <laughs> you know. Uh,
0: okay. We uh, well, then. Yeah, then no, we call Magic R, but that that means Republican. No. At least according to Tim Overland, anyway.
2: Yeah, well. I'll the,
0: tell Tim hey, I gave him a shot. Can I out. just
2: point out that the R is not so magic anymore? Just saying. Yeah, no,
0: it's not. Well, in Ron's case, it is. So Magic R. So there. R. Hey, <laughs> did, you fi- did
2: you fill out your bracket? I did. And is it blown up yet? Not as bad as last year. Mine blew up pretty big time. I had yeah. Princeton in an upset. And uh, it didn't happen And so my bracket I, is already toast Yeah, uh, so far, I mean all, of, all,
0: I, I had four games where I Didn't predict the right winner So obviously I'm not going to win any sweepstakes Or anything
2: How does a wrestler make these decisions anyway? Do you just flip a coin or what? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well I mean, You don't know anything about this, These teams, do you? I think he's Hello, making assumption. You barely know anything about basketball, do you? Oh, come on <laughs>
0: No, I, I I know a little bit. I do a little research, um, and and too. I mean, you know, I, I've watched a little bit of research, a little bit of research. Yeah, sure. I, <laughs> hey, <laughs> how, how many games did you lose last last uh, oh, yesterday? Hey, I I
2: confess,
0: okay. my bracket's always a disaster. All right. all right, all right then, all right. So the one I picked, I only lost four. None of them I had going beyond the second round. Okay. So I'm, I'm still in pretty decent shape. Not terrible shape. shape. Right. Now, now my wife, for instance, we, we, tr- we have a tradition where I'll I'll fill out my bracket and then I'll sit down and I'll actually fill hers out for her as I'm talking with her. And so I so say, Cheryl, what do you think? Um, uh, Gonzaga or South Dakota State? I can't remember who they're playing. South Dakota? I don't know
2: who they play playing. Anyway, I can't remember.
0: And she's like. She loves Gonzaga. Gonzaga
2: is what she'll say. So she's got Gonzaga to win it all. Which now She has no idea why she loves Gonzaga. She, she, she,
0: she likes, saying it. She, likes saying it. she sure. saying it. Yeah. There's there's sure. some teams just like, not. That's a college. That can't be a college. I'm not. No. No way. The other one. <laughs> so. And last year, she actually beat me. <laughs> well, that can't be terribly hard, can it? Oh. Just, hey. Yeah, I mean. Hey, I, I could have thrown darts. At, at the bracket and probably did a better job than I did last year. I'm not certain uh, but I that that's how you did it. I mean, you might you that might have been exactly your method. Well, actually yeah, it's it's a little it's it's doing a little research
2: and flipping a coin. And... Listen to this little research business. What but, are we doing on the show today? That's you don't need to throw anything hey, at a dartboard for that. Yes, we have
0: Dr. Cal Beisner, a friend of the show. A friend of the show. On um Here in, or not in studio, on the line. (laughs) My earphones were going out, so it was kind of distracting me. Anyway, he's uh, the founder of National uh, Spokesman for the Cornwall Alliance for the Stewardship of Creation, and he holds degrees from the University of Southern California, International College, Los Angeles, and the University of St. Andrews. Welcome to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio, Cal.
3: Well, thanks very much for having me back. You know, I mean, you guys were talking football the last time you had me on, and now you're talking basketball, and I still haven't managed to persuade you to watch chess champions. <laughs> I mean, you guys should be watching Magnus Carlsen and Sergey Karyakin.
2: Next thing you're going to be, su- you? you're I- going to be suggesting Tiddlywinks tournaments here pretty hey, soon. I- I'll get right on
0: that, Cal. <laughs> good. All good. right, it's it's a real mind stretcher. I bet. I bet.
2: Cal, thanks for coming back on the show with us. I wanted to talk a little bit about Scott Pruitt today, Cal. Um, On March 9th, as you know, Scott Pruitt, who's the head of the EPA, was asked a question about climate change by Joe Kernan on CNBC's show, Squawk Box. And I'd like to just play that clip to get started here.
1: Let me ask you one other thing, Just, just to get to the nitty gritty. Do you believe that it's been proven that CO2 is the primary control knob for climate? Do you believe that? No, I, no, I think that, that measuring with precision uh, human activity on the climate is something very challenging to do, and there's treme- tremendous disagreement about the, the degree of impact. Uh, that, so, so, no, I would not agree uh, that it's a primary contributor uh, to, the, to the global warming that we see. Okay, All right, or we don't me- know that yet. As far as we, we need, to, we need to continue the debate and to continue the review and the analysis. It's 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 a, I agree, when I hear the science is settled, it's like I've, I never heard that science actually gotten to a point where it was. That that's the whole point of science, is that uh, you keep asking questions, you keep asking questions. But I don't want to be called a denier, so, uh, you know, it scares me. It's, it's a terrible thing to be called. Anyway, Administrator Pruitt, I know you don't want to be called that either. Um, thanks for being with us this morning, I appreciate it. Thank, thank, thank you very much.
2: Okay, Cal, before you you respond, I want to read a couple, I guess I may have four here, headlines that came out the next day in response. This is from the Washington Post. On climate change, Scott Pruitt causes an uproar and contradicts the EPA's own website. And this is from the New Yorker. Scott Pruitt rejects climate change reality. And then there's the Atlantic Trump's EPA chief denies the basic science of climate change. He has no evidence he'll successfully mislead people anyway. That's a headline?
0: Wow. That's really long. They need to work on their SEO.
2: Uh, Well, this this, this was an opinion piece, I'm sure. Okay. Okay, and then here's another one. This is from The Independent. Scott Pruitt. Climate change denying EPA chief is told carbon dioxide causes global warming. And then, quote, we are not familiar with any scientific institution with relevant subject matter expertise that has reached a different conclusion, unquote. And that's from the American Meteorological Society. Cal, what do you have to say about all this?
3: Well, let's start with the very last one that you quoted there. Uh, That was not from the American Meteorological Society. Really? That was from the executive director of the American Meteorological Society, who did not poll the members of the society before he wrote that letter, and who received a rather, hmm, shall we say, uh, caustic letter from uh, Dr. uh, Um. Now, his name escapes me, but one of the long-time members of the Meteorological Society uh, who, said, who who protested and said, look, this is not right for you to write in the name of the entire society without polling the members first. Uh, that's, uh, that's Dr. Roger Pilkey, Sr., who did that. Um, yeah. And uh, so it's an example of how... Uh, bureaucratic uh, leaders of various different professional societies abuse their privilege by speaking on the, you know, on behalf of their entire societies uh, when, in fact, the entire society does not hold the view that they say it does. Uh, so that's the beginning. And what's really happened about this whole thing is that Pruitt has been pretty uh, pretty badly misrepresented as denying that human activity has any influence on global climate change, uh, on global warming, and he doesn't do that. He's affirmed that human activity does influence it, but what he has also affirmed is that it's really difficult to quantify just how much uh, that's a matter that's still in debate, that still needs careful study. And guess what? If you read the periodic assessment reports there have now been five of them each one multiple thousands of pages of (laughs) pretty dense scientific talk Uh, if you read the multi the, the periodic assessment reports from the un intergovernmental panel on climate change you will discover that they say exactly the same thing that
2: pruitt said so is it fair to say that uh that there are a number of scientists, both in the American Meteorological Society as well as as other scientific organizations, who very quietly disagreed very much with with the characterization that was made uh, by the head of the AMA or excuse me the AMS.
3: Oh yeah, uh, yes, that would certainly be the case. Uh, in fact, thirty one thousand uh, scientists of various different specialties, but including. Uh, many hundreds of climate scientists signed what's called typically the Oregon petition it's a petition <coughs> excuse me that says that empirical evidence does not substantiate the view that uh, human emissions of carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases are causing dangerous global warming. Uh, And instead, it says that the rise in atmospheric CO2 has substantial benefits to the Earth by increasing the growth of all plant life, uh, which increases the food available to all other life, uh, particularly the poor. Um, thousands have signed various other petitions, hundreds have signed documents that the Cornwall Alliance, which I lead, has produced, such as our open letter to Pope Francis on climate change and our open letter to the American people and their elected representatives on climate change. Uh, So, yeah, it's, it's clearly the case that the notion that human activity is causing dangerous climate change is definitely not any sort of a consensus at all among the scientists.
0: You listen to Caffeine Thoughts Radio, and on the line we've got Dr. Calvin Beisner. Uh, we're talking about Scott Pruitt, the EPA, climate change, and shifting gears a little bit. What do you think about uh, President Trump's uh, latest budget and what it does to the EPA?
3: Well, I I think that so much that the EPA has done over the last 20 years or so has gone way beyond the statutory bounds set by Congress uh, and has often been contrary to the Constitution, which is why the EPA has lost a number of different lawsuits by property owners. Uh, I think that so much of that has gone on, but it's a very good thing to... uh, to uh, you know, tighten the ropes and bring the EPA back under control. Uh, certainly, we we need to see an EPA that is more committed to uh, to simply implementing the laws that Congress passes, rather than implementing a uh, an ideology, exactly. uh, an agenda that EPA bureaucrats have.
2: Cal, going back to some of the the hoopla that that came after. Pruitt's remarks, um, Robinson Meyer of The Atlantic said this, quote, There is not tremendous disagreement about Kernan's question. Pruitt's claim runs so counter to the findings of the international scientific community, to the conclusions of the U.S. government, and even to the marketing materials of the oil and gas industry, that it is difficult to label it anything but a falsehood. Essentially, he's saying Scott Pruitt lied. Uh,
3: Well, you know, to to say that Scott Pruitt lied is to say that Pruitt said something that he knew when he said it was false. I don't think there's any evidence of that. I think Pruitt is quite convinced of what he said. Um, uh, To say that he uh, said something that is counter to a pretty significant part of the international scientific community? Sure, that's so. But then 50 years ago, I guess it would have been about 60 years ago now, uh, if you had said that continents move, you'd have been uh, saying something against the overwhelming majority of the scientific Mm -hmm. community. It was only a a decade after that that the theory of continental drift uh, began to really gain uh, precedence. And now, of course, it is the consensus Forty years ago, if you had said that ulcers are not caused primarily by, by uh, excess stomach acid uh, generated especially by eating too much spicy food and by stress, uh, you'd have been laughed out of the medical community. Uh, but in, in the early 2000s, two Australians uh, shared the Nobel Prize in medicine for their discovery in the 1980s that, in fact, the vast majority of ulcers are caused by bacterial infection. Uh, So, you know, scientific majorities uh, are not proof. Empirical evidence is what's really important, and the empirical evidence is that the effect of our additions of CO2 to the atmosphere on global average temperature is quite small, probably more beneficial than harmful, and certainly anything we would do to try to reduce that effect would have more harmful effects than beneficial effects, because it would uh, slow economic growth or, in fact, even reverse it and trap billions of people in
2: long-term poverty. Cal, we've just got a couple of minutes left here. I, I wanted to get your thoughts on something else. I recently saw that uh, Bjorn Lomborg, uh, Lomborg excuse, excuse me, uh, recently yeah. has suggested that uh, to lower global temperatures by 0. 0.3 degrees Fahrenheit, 0. Mm-hmm. 0.3 degrees Fahrenheit, by the end yeah. of the century – that was going to cost 100 trillion dollars. So in other words we're going to, yeah. it, it's going to take us till the end of the century we're going to spend wealth that's beyond really imagination 100 trillion dollars. Mm-hmm. And we're going to accomplish essentially nothing because 0.3 degrees fahrenheit I mean especially when their goal is supposed to be 2 degrees centigrade, correct? It it yeah. seems to me that that we need to be emphasizing this to the public. What are your thoughts on that?
3: Well, yeah, we certainly should be emphasizing this, and we should also point out that Lomborg's uh, peer-reviewed study that reached that conclusion—and actually, the conclusion was that it would cost anywhere between one and two trillion dollars per year from right. 2030 to 2100. So that's 70 to 140 trillion dollars, right? Uh, Lomborg's study was was based on the assumption. But the U.N. Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change is right about how much warming comes from our CO2 emissions and is right about its projections of economic uh, growth and how much of that economic growth would be based on fossil fuel energy sources.
0: So use their numbers.
3: Lomborg says, you guys are right. I'm using your numbers. Here's the outcome. It's all pain, no gain.
2: That is just incredible. Cal, I'm, I'm afraid we're out of time. I sure appreciate you coming on the show again.
3: Yes, thank you well, so glad much. Well, do it. I hope your listeners will come to cornwallalliance.org and learn more.
0: Great. Thank you, Cal. This is Caffeine Thoughts Radio. We'll be back in a moment. Stay tuned.
2: Hi, this is Brian Myers of Myers & Associates. If you're involved in maintenance at a manufacturing plant, You know how costly it can be when a machine goes down. And if the reason that machine went down is because the electronic controls on it failed, it can really be problematic if those electronics are obsolete. Well, not to worry. We represent Providence Industrial Electronics Repair, and they can get your machine up and running in no time. They repair boards, drives, servo motors, light curtains, you name it. So if you need industrial electronics repaired at your plant, Or if you have other industrial maintenance needs, give me a call at 515-490-2640. That's Myers & Associates, 515-490-2640. Myers & Associates, keeping your operations running.
0: thoughts radio caffeinated thoughts radio is brought to you in part by travis Riswold of modern woodmen of america call travis at 515-883-0029 and he can help you find the life insurance you need, need. on the line we have a very special guest we have congressman steve king he represents iowa's fourth congressional district welcome to caffeinated thoughts radio congressman King.
4: Well, thanks a lot for having me on, and I am caffeinated.
0: <laughs> oh, that's that's, that's great. good to know. As are we. <laughs> uh, you you you've had kind of an interesting week um, in the media and and on Twitter, and we just want to talk to you a little bit about that. Um, among other things. among other things, yeah. Sure. But we want to hit this off the bat. Uh, Brian had a good question. I think I'd like him to start okay. off with asking.
2: Well, uh, Congressman King. I don't have the tweet in front of me, the nefarious, infamous tweet, but it struck me that what you were attempting to address was a concern that has primarily a lot to do with culture. and also has to do with things like economics and security, but what it is not about is race. Is that fair to say?
4: Uh, that's That's very fair to say. And you know, and, and I used the word civilization. Right. And uh, what I said was that uh, Geert Wilders, who uh, up until yesterday was a candidate for prime minister of the Netherlands, and and he ranks as the at a minimum the second most popular, uh, the second most popular politician in the in the nation state of the Netherlands. And so, right. Um, I wanted to encourage him, and I said he understands. and I don't know if I don't have it in front of me either, but uh, he understands that. Um the, 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 dem- the demographics, and I'll say the demographics of, uh, I'll put the words in that weren't in there, low birth rate, uh, are your, de- your destiny. Demographics are destiny. Yeah. And that we can't, re- and, then, and then demographics are destiny, and that we can't rebuild our civilization with somebody else's babies. So that speaks to a declined and very low birth rate all the way across Eastern and Western Europe. Uh, birth rate in the United States has fallen below the replacement rate, and um, and the crisis in culture and civilization, and loss of confidence in who we are as a people. And they say and uh,
0: they say the replacement rate is what 1.9 uh, children per, or no, so
4: actually it, it's uh, it's got to be more than two. More, uh, oh so, yeah, okay, more than two. Yeah, so so we use it. We use actually we call it the fertility rate and uh, that's the number of babies born per woman, and the replacement fertility rate has long been used at 2.15 babies. And uh, I don't have this with me, but I looked through the charts of it, and uh, the U.S. has fallen below around 1.87, and, but Europe, you'll see about an average of 1.4, and 1.4 babies per woman. And I haven't projected out to when the population completely collapses, but heading in that direction,
0: yeah. at I, least. It, I think it just depends, uh, you know, a lot of it depends on what the actual birth rate is. In, in the case of Europe, with the uh, Muslim population that's coming into Europe, so this isn't a race thing, this is just a math thing.
4: It's, well, I wouldn't say just a math thing, because it's also, it's a, it's a culture and civilization thing. Sure. And we've got to rebuild our civilization. Um, uh, you know, I i have long paid attention to, 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 to people in history, and and nation-states and societies and cultures, and we should be watching what moves those. What It's, it's been about, yes, a lot of migration. Some, some cultures and civilizations grow in population. They push others out. Others are strong. Maybe they're not growing as much in population, but they defend themselves. Their economy is strong. They believe in themselves, and they sustain their, their population. Um, for example, Mark Stein wrote a book um, some years ago called America Alone, And in that, he tells a narrative of how the English, uh, back in the 17th and and early 18th century, uh, they understood before anybody else that they needed to have proper hygiene practices. For example, don't let the chamber pot be also your drinking bucket. I mean, it's that
2: simple. Well, well, that would
4: be good. I mean, it's a (laughs) pretty revolting thought, but I have done a few of those tours where they tell us when they figured that out and what they used to do. And then uh, also the barrels of limes they had on their ships so that they could fight against scurvy. Well, that meant the British population was growing much faster than the English population was growing much faster than any of the other European countries. Nobody else was really moving around the world, and it let them push their culture and civilization out around the world. So they took their language, the concept of liberty and freedom, and they limes, and uh, everywhere the English language went, liberty was accompanied, uh, liberty accompanied the language. And, and so that's an example of a robust uh, civilization and a population growth. Well, if you turn all of Western civilization into a population decline, and by the way, these birth, these fertility rates of about an average of 1.4 per woman in Western Europe, and, but also Eastern Europe, uh, that includes the immigration that has the Middle Easterners that are having more babies than that. So you can get a sense of how this is going, and the people that they're bringing into their countries are rejecting the, the host country's civilization,
0: okay. and mm-hmm.
4: it, it, that's a big part of this.
0: Yeah, and, and that's that's kind of a wild card. Is is you know it, it is possible for somebody you know born say in the United States who may be a, a child of an immigrant to obviously adopt American values, um, but that doesn't necessarily happen, right? Um, same as with Europe, um, even though a lot of those folks are first generation uh, migrants or, or immigrants.
4: But what I've seen in Europe, and, and uh, I do go in and out of there, and uh, I should let your listeners know that not only that, but I go to the places where it matters. Um, so there are multiple no-go, zone, no-go zones around Europe. Mm-hmm. And I have walked into them. Um, my, uh, the State Department will say, no, we're not going there. And uh, I've just broken away from them. And gone. I've walked down through right into the heart of the Molenbeek region of Brussels, that's where they planned those attacks that, that were on Belgium and, and also in France, and then and, and walked through that area. And then uh, also I've gone to Stockholm to the Rinkeby area, which you're seeing now is if you bring a camera in there, chances are you're going to get you know, beaten up, roughed up, or run over, and all those things are on tape now.
2: Well, uh, Congressman King, I, I had heard at one point Sweden had up to 50 no-go zones. Is that true?
4: Yes, I, I accept that as true. That's the reports that have come out of there um, multiple times, and uh, you know that's, that's why I go look at those. And by the way, when I'm in those countries, I sit down with people that are living this, that will explain this to me, and, and I, so I hear the narrative. And in Sweden, for example, I sat down with two, uh, two conservative columnists, reporters, writers, and they had spent the last 20 years trying to restore the Swedish culture and civilization, and uh, I noticed about 90 minutes into that two and a half or an hour or so meeting that they kept referring to the Swedish culture in the past tense, which tells me wow. they've already lost. They've already lost. Yeah. So that's coming to us. And the, the, uh, you know, the, the rejection of assimilation in America that I grew up in, a, in a, an American world where the newly arriving immigrants just were expected to assimilate into the American civilization. We're proud of our language, our culture, our sports, our movies, all the things that we do, proud of our accomplishments in the world, and then so we embraced people that came in and then embraced America. Now we have the leftists that are meeting them at the border and saying, you don't have to give up your culture. You need to hang on to that, and by the way, here's how you sign up for welfare, Mm -hmm. and and so so they're creating enclaves in America rather than promoting assimilation, and their actions are anti-American. And so we have to face that, and that's where a lot of this vitriol comes from, is from the leftists who have made an industry out of fighting against assimilation in America, and promoting the the immigration policy that goes that that, that does not promote the assimilation into our country. So, uh, it's just go ahead.
0: Yeah, just uh, just clear for clear up for our listeners. So when you're saying you you, you want you know, immigrants to assimilate, you're not saying Muslims have to give up their faith, are you?
4: I'm not. I'm, we have religious freedom in this country, and anybody that's an American citizen or a green card holder has, has the rights to, uh, to all kinds of freedom of speech, religion, and the press. But I'm hanging on to my freedom of speech, too. Right. And I'm not going to let those critics, no matter how many names they call me, however erroneous they are, I'm going to continue to exercise freedom of thought, speech, and expression. And I think all Americans should do that. But also, they ought to accept this gift of living in an age of reason and be able to understand that uh, words that I say are designed to mean what they mean, and no one should be allowed to replace one word with another and then attribute it to another person. Right. When I say civilization, I don't mean race. Mm -hmm. And anybody that knows me knows that, and I haven't uh, really—so that's— that's an important part of this, is this is the, the PC, the politically correct culture, uh, is driving this nationwide, because they can't have somebody uttering the objective truth that undermines the narrative that they've made a living off of for a generation. Right. Well,
0: You're cut- listening to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio, and on the line we've got
2: Congressman Steve King. And Yeah, Congressman King, we were talking about Europe here a few moments ago. Do folks on the left in Europe... When they're watching some of these things develop, like you just mentioned in the in the no go no go zones and things like that, are they saying this is exactly what we wanted, or are they saying, boy, we didn't count on this we blew it what What kind of impressions are you getting
4: well I think generally and and I, of course i I deal with people across the spectrum, but generally they're they understand that they they've made big mistakes on immigration over the years uh you know, France more than a generation ago. And now Marine Le Pen is emerging. She's the most popular politician in, in France and she says that she wants to shut down the immigration and she wants to she wants to pull out of the EU because they're imposing on them. But generally speaking, they they I think it's that kind of thing where um, oh somebody described it this way that this this is how I would say I think the European feeling of this of their immigration policy is. And uh, I did borrowing it from somebody I don't know how to give credit to them but he said, did you ever have that feeling? That you've walked into, um, walked into a fancy home, that a place that you're only partly invited to, and you're standing there on their white carpet, and you get this feeling that is this, this aroma of the dog kennel, and you're afraid to look down at your shoes. That's what I think is going on in Europe, just to illustrate that. And that what did we do? Uh-oh, we don't want to really take the blame for that. We don't want to find out. We'll see if we can pass this along to others, and maybe I can walk off this carpet and nobody will know that I left the tracks here. Well,
3: um, what
2: what can, what can we do to try to convince people in our country that this is not an exercise we want to participate in?
4: Well, carry on with this dialogue that, that we are having, and, and we need to have it with many others. And and, and this you know, people don't want to look into the future very far. They usually want to deal with what's in front of them now, and they want somebody else to make the hard decisions. But then, so I'd say this since 1973, we have aborted nearly 60 million babies in this country. 60 million. Mm-hmm. That's left a huge, it's a multi generational hole in America. And then uh, we have 103 million Americans who are of working age and they are not in the workforce. And so, a third of our population is not contributing to our economy, even though they're of working age. And we've got missing 60 million babies that would be having, some of them, the first generation of those would have had their babies by now as well. How many are missing altogether? If it's, um, yeah, I don't know, I haven't done the math on that. But, and then we have those who argue well, there's work that Americans won't do. That's never been true. There have always been Americans doing any kind of work that needed to be done. They just need to be paid what it's worth to do it. And so they said that because Americans won't do this work, don't want to do this work, they want to bring in people that will, and because we are we are, we are generationally out of balance, primarily because of the abortions uh, that, that have taken place, then, then they want to bring in illiterate, unskilled people to pay the Social Security and Medicare of the retiring baby boomers. And that's. And I say to them, then who's going to pay the Social Security and the Medicare of those who you would bring in to fund the baby boomers? And I shrug their shoulders like, well, that's maybe too far for us to have to think. Um, so what we need to do is we need to increase our birth rate in America. We need to assimilate the legal immigrants into America. We need to be proud of this American civilization that we have, proud of our history, proud of our language, proud of our economy, uh, proud of the literature that we produce, and the inventions and the creativity that we have, and And be robust again.
0: Yeah, and that's probably most. I can't see many viable government solutions for any of that, but that's more of a cultural shift, wouldn't you say?
4: Well, it is, but uh, Donald Trump can help this, and he can help it a lot.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much, Congressman King. This is Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back in a moment. Thanks, Congressman
2: King.
4: Happy to be with you guys. Thanks a lot. Happy weekend and happy St. Patrick's Day.
3: Thank you.
2: Hi, this is Brian Myers. When I needed a better life insurance plan, I found it with Travis Riswold of Modern Woodmen of America. When I first met Travis, he wasn't like some other life insurance agents that can be pushy and try to get you to buy something. Travis just made himself available to me. That was it. He told me to let him know if and when I needed anything, and he stayed in touch. When the day came and I did need to make some changes with my life insurance, Travis met with me and walked me through several options so I could make an informed decision. Ultimately, it was the best decision for my situation. So if you need a better or the best life insurance plan for you... Call my friend Travis Rizvold with Modern Woodman. His number is 515-883-0029. Travis Rizvold with Modern Woodman. He can help you find the life insurance you need. Call him at 515-883-0029.
0: Welcome to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio, a stimulating look at culture, current events, faith, and politics from a Christian and conservative point of view. We don't just talk on the radio, we blog, too. Check us out at caffeinatedthoughts.com. Now grab a cup of coffee and join us. This is Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. And welcome to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. Caffeinated Thoughts Radio is brought to you in part by Crosswalk Ministries with Scott Owen, who offers biblical counseling and conciliation. Give him a call five one five two nine two
2: seven one four one 515-292-7141 or go to crosswalkcounseling.org. And now it's time for our news segment, otherwise affectionately known as News You, you Can, Use. Can Use. All right, first up, this is from our own caffeinated thoughts. I know those guys. Mm. President Donald Trump released an outline of his first budget, and it shows that he plans to make some deep cuts throughout the executive branch while increasing spending for defense. It also calls, excuse me. It also includes cuts to foreign aid. This blueprint only includes discretionary funding proposals. The Trump administration plans to release the full budget later this spring, which will include tax proposals and the full fiscal path. All right, Shane. Off the air, we were talking about how these numbers are calculated. And this, it, it, explain this again. This okay. was based on based on. I mean,
0: anytime they say there's a cut, it's based on the uh, fiscal year 2017 annualized continuing resolutions cuz obviously during one fiscal year there was more than one continuing resolution so they took all those annualized them and and compared the 2018 budget to that i don't know where it stands in comparison
2: to fiscal year 2016 so yeah that's for me that's always the crucial question is does the does the cr have have in it baked in increases um, like like you would have in baseline budgeting, it, in which case, when they talk about a thirty percent cut, it right. could be merely a, a reduction in the rate of growth as opposed to considering you know,
0: considering he's actually cutting back from the previous year I don't I, I, I think we're actually looking at some real cuts, and also too, I mean he's getting he's getting rid of he's zeroing out numerous independent agencies, um, you know corporation of public broadcasting. National Endowment when, okay, of the When arts, you
2: say when you say zeroing out, you're you're saying he's it's defunded. It's defunded. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, um,
0: so you know, it, it looks for the most part like there's some real cuts. I mean, he he cut uh, EPA by 31. percent I mean, you 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 have to be getting into some of you know their actual. We're not we're not looking at projected revenues. We're, I mm-hmm. mean, it increases. It's this is real. Their budget that they're. He's digging well, this into, is
2: refreshing, if that's really what's yeah, going on. Yeah,
0: you know, it's a good I, – I, I call it a good first step. I personally don't think it goes far enough, um, but I know it's he's already getting a lot of people squealing about it, so this is even going to be hard to
2: accomplish. Next up, this is from the Washington Post. A second federal judge issued an injunction Thursday blocking enforcement of one of the critical sections of President Trump's revised travel ban using Trump's own comments against him in deciding that the ban was likely to run afoul of the Constitution. The decision from a U.S. district judge in federal court in Maryland marks another win for challengers of the president's executive order, which had been slated to take effect at 12.01 a.m. Thursday. Early, or excuse me, earlier, a different federal judge in Hawaii had stopped it. Um, this particular order did not sweep as broadly as the one in Hawaii, but it similarly declares that even the revised travel ban was intended to discriminate against Muslims. He said those wanting evidence of anti-Muslim intent need no further than what the president himself has said about it. Now, I I, I mean, when I read this, I... That's a political
0: opinion. It's not a legal opinion.
2: I mean, I'm sitting here, you know, just aghast because the judge in this case thinks that it's going to succeed on the merits, which, if he's right, means that Trump's executive order will be judged not on what it says, but rather what Trump said on the campaign trail. Right. Additionally, I guess what it means is that non-citizens in foreign countries are constitutionally protected under the First Amendment. I mean, I'm just aghast that somebody would think this, and apparently these two judges not only think this but they think it's going to win when it goes the distance in court. I just I don't know what else to say about
0: that. It's just
2: it, I mean courts, regardless of
0: what system, we think about the travel, ban. the courts, I mean they've they've totally abandoned any premise of actually making a legal opinion. It, I, you know, you hit it right on that. I mean, they're they're basing it off what they he said on the campaign trail. That should get laughed at. That's not evidence. That that, that Especially with this guy. Right. I mean, How many he, things has Trump said? And then back, <laughs> dude, backed away on and said something totally contradictory. I mean, my goodness. In so, the same sentence? Yeah. So he, they've got to base it on the text of the executive order and on what federal law says, not on what Trump said during some campaign stump speech. Well this said, is ludicrous. Mr. Vanderhart. And frankly, these... Uh, and these... I, I, we we need to have a process where clowns like these can be booted from the bench. Absolutely, when they stop basing their opinions on actual law and fact, rather you know, if they want to if they want to have offer a political opinion, go run for office. All right, next up, or become a pundit.
2: You mean like you? Yeah. Okay, he's a pundit. He's something. something, Next up from Fox News, President Trump discussed his tweeted accusation that President Obama ordered wires at Trump Tower tapped during last year's presidential campaign in an exclusive interview with Fox News' Tucker Carlson tonight on Wednesday. Trump told host Carlson that the administration will be submitting things to the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, quote, very soon. The president added that he will be perhaps speaking about this next week and predicted that you're going to find some very interesting things coming to the forefront over the next two weeks. When asked by Carlson why he tweeted about the alleged phone tap before producing evidence, Trump said his definition of wiretapping, quote, covers a lot of different things, unquote. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, oh, okay. Well, there you go. Well, that takes care of that. Now we know. <laughs> oh.
2: And he's like, he's probably getting on his staff,
0: quick, quick, come on, provide some
2: evidence. Oh, it, you know, there's got to be hundreds of people in Washington, D.C. just crying and, and and just wishing above all things that President Trump would stop using Twitter. Yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely. He'd find another way to get
2: could be. It'd be, face, it'd be Facebook posts all the time. Or, or he'd sometimes. start vlogging on you <laughs> <man>, YouTube. Imagine. <laughs> all right. Next up, once again, from Caffeinated Thoughts. How about that? Twice in the same news uh, segment. Mm. The Iowa Senate on Tuesday evening passed Senate File 471, a 20 week abortion ban, on a 32 to 17 bipartisan vote, vote that included the entire Republican caucus and independent and three Democrats. Iowa law currently only allows abortions during the third trimester if a woman's life or health is endangered, whereas Senate File 471 states, any person who intentionally terminates a human pregnancy with the knowledge and voluntary consent of the pregnant person after the pregnancy reaches 20 weeks post-fertilization or the fetus achieves viability, whichever occurs earlier, where death of the fetus results. So, yeah, I just want to jump in
0: because basically I want to make it clear. This is, is this the end goal? Absolutely not. Is this like the most pro-life bill ever? No. I mean, I was disappointed that life and conception was not going forward. Um, However, honestly, if they get the funding, excuse me, reallocating money away from Planned Parenthood and abortion providers uh, to community-based health centers. Sounds good to me. Yes. Uh, if they do that, and with the twenty-week abortion ban, this still marks some significant progress on the life issue. Next year, we could tackle life of conception again. I mean, there's, they're still going to try. Mm-hmm, right. The session's not over, but it this you know they wanted to offer a clean bill, I think, and I think life of conception you could focus on next next session. Absolutely. If it this, this session.
2: Absolutely. Well, we're running out of time, but let me tell you a little bit about the stories. That we wish we had missed over the last week or two. One, a transgender candidate is running for governor in Connecticut. Two, a man who thought he was a werewolf is accused of killing his mother. And three, a Rhode Island lawmaker says there's an insane amount of drinking at the State House. I believe that one. Hey, this is Caffeine Thoughts Radio. (laughs) We'll be back in a moment. (laughs)
1: You can't afford to turn the other cheek, but you need to negotiate with the other party. How do you deal shrewdly without abandoning your Christian virtues? I'm Scott Owen with Crosswalk Ministries of Central Iowa, and it's time to pause for peace. Maybe haggling is distasteful for you because you act less Christian, and you see the other party as one to be conquered. Admittedly, not characteristics consistent with showing unconditional love to your neighbor. But consider this. Focus on the stewardship responsibilities you have as a manager or leader. Responsibility for resources and love for those under your care are wholesome motivations. And concerning your neighbor, consider the golden rule. You want to deal with someone you trust? So set the stage by acting like someone the other party can trust by focusing on the Christian virtues that build it. If you need help with a negotiation, call Crosswalk Ministries at 515-635-5465 or visit online at crosswalkcounseling.org.
0: Hey, do you want to take advantage of the marketing potential within social media for your company or organization, but you're not so sure how? Let me help. My company, 415 Communications, is a social media consulting firm that works with groups like yours. Go to 415communications.com or give me a call at 515-321-5077.
2: And now it's time for our new feature on Caffeinated Thoughts Radio, due to the incredible sheer volume of material we have available, because the leader of the free world loves Twitter, today, we're once again ending the show with our new feature. So, without further delay, drum roll, please. Ooh, I like that. You got a symbol in there. Yeah. A crash symbol. I like it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, may I present to you... The Top Trump Tweet of the Week!
0: They're going nuts out there, Shane. Yeah, they are. I'm still amazed at this live
2: studio audience.
3: Brian's and
2: ladies go. and gentlemen, we have a twofer! Oh, man! They're beside themselves. Yes. We could really do a whole show. They're so excited, they can't hardly stand it. All right. This one is from March 15th, 3.55 a.m. All the best ones come in the wee hours of the morning. 3.55, yeah. (laughs) The Donald's been up all night. He hasn't slept a wink. Does anybody really believe that a reporter who nobody ever heard of went to his mailbox and found my tax returns? (laughs) <laughs> and it says, at NBC News, fake news. <laughs> do, you, do you think that Donald's a little, a little uh, wound tight about that one? I think so. I, but frankly, that ended up being a nothing burger. <laughs> well, it, it did. And some people have actually uh, speculated that the Trump administration and leaked it. it. Yeah, because they knew this was going to backfire. It actually kind of makes him look good, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, it's, it, it did. does precisely. It's like, hey, yeah, I
0: paid more taxes than Bernie Sanders.
2: Yeah, yeah. there you go. Well, a, a, a short seven minutes later, he tweeted this: four o two a m, March fifteenth. Can you imagine what the outcry would be if Snoop Dogg, failing career and all? <laughs> always the donald's really good at always you know firing off a dig in the middle of his tweet <laughs> if Snoop Dogg, failing career and all had aimed and fired the gun at president obama jail time yeah all right so what is he what's he talking about here this is from the washington Examina, examiner Snoop Dogg has got nothing to say about President Trump after the commander-in-chief took to Twitter to react to the rapper appearing in a music video in which the rapper fires a prop gun at a clown with Trump's likeness. In a brief Instagram video on Thursday, Snoop Dogg said he's received requests for interviews following the release of the video for the song Lavender Nightfall Remix, whatever that is where he puts a gun to Ronald Klump's (laughs) head head and pulls the trigger, firing a flag that says bang. Now they want to ask me questions and interview me, but guess what, Snoop Dogg said. I've got nothing to say, mate, he added with what seems to have been a mock Australian accent. Well, you know what? This this is one of those times in which I think uh, the Donald is right. Right, we would never have heard the end of this had this been done. Anything, anything close to this had been done with President Obama. Well, there Obama. used to be a
0: time where if you did things like this, uh, you know, even an effigy with the president, it was a, it was seen as an implied threat. Yeah, and you'd be getting a yeah. knock on the door Hello, by FBI. Secret Service. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Secret Service would come a and and, um Now it's just like anymore it seems like these things are par for the course which is a shame
2: this really was over the top no question about it i don't blame the donald for being bent out of shape Nope. hey this is caffeinated thoughts everybody um caffeinated care. thoughts radio
0: radio let's go check out caffeinatedthoughts.com though and hey we'll see you next week <laughs> take care everybody